as I said, this, this next part's not in my notes, but, but just as I was sitting there and as the song was playing, uh, my son is, is nuts over drums. He just, he wants to play drums the whole time. Like whenever you see him, he's just doof. That's it. Doof means drums um, or sticks. Doof or sticks. That's it's kind of his two key words. And um, he, he got hooked on the song by U2 Vertigo. And uh, I love the band, but I can only love a song so many times. You know what I'm talking about? And he just plays this thing over and over. So this past week, I just put YouTube on, and it was just different bands playing. And um, Phil Collins, any Phil Collins lovers out there, all right. Phil Collins came up with um, Within the Air Tonight. And there's a section where he kind of, uh, it's a farewell tour, and he steps up behind the drums, and he just, he starts playing these drums, and he is singing the song. And as the song started playing, it started actually doing something inside of me. Like my kid's just going nuts. He's sitting on his nanton with his other nantons in front of him with his sticks in his hands, and he's just pounding away at these tins. And in that moment, um, the words are, I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Um, I've been waiting for this moment all my life. And I just thought to myself, what an expectation. What an expectancy. And as we were singing <laughs> this last song, like those are the words that were going through me. It was just, Lord, I, can, I, I just feel something coming. I just absolutely feel something coming. And I feel like it's what we've been waiting for our entire lives. And I cannot wait to see what it is. So this morning, if you have an expectation, I believe God wants to meet us at that expectation. Like I say, that wasn't part of my notes, but I believe that it is so crucial for this morning. All right. So last week, we kicked off a new series. And the new series is essentially uh, tying in with our, with our year theme, being courage. Courage, and I believe that that there may be areas in our lives where, where in the past we've we've needed courage, and I believe that this year God is asking us to take courage in those areas. But as I've just said, I believe that there are new areas that God wants to unlock and unleash in our lives. And our key scripture for this year is essentially um, David doing his succession plan with Solomon and, and saying to Solomon, hey, you're about to rule. You also need to build this temple. Uh, and in order to do this, uh, we connect with him in 1 Chronicles 28 verse 20, where it says, be strong and courageous and do the work. And essentially what, what David was saying to Solomon there was, was in order to get the job done, you're going to have to dig deep. You're going to have to dig deep. Take courage. Monday terms, we would say, hey, dig deep. But it's not digging deep within me. It's digging deep within my relationship with God. And in order for me to dig deep into my relationship with God, I need to ensure that the depth of my relationship with God is deep enough for there to be something to dig deep into. We gave a definition of, of, of courage and just said, the, according to the dictionary, it says the ability to control your fear in a dangerous or difficult situation. That means that, that courage doesn't mean that it's the absence of fear. It's just acknowledging the presence of God. The definition of fear is that it's an unpleasant emotion uh, caused by the threat of harm, not the reality of harm. 
want to say this. If you need to catch up on last week's message, please do. Go on to your favorite podcast app. Go check it out. It's loaded. It's there for you. And I really want to encourage you to go and check it out. At the end of the message last week, we, we connected with what was said about David, that David was a man after God's own heart. And the reason why he was a man after God's own heart was for two reasons. Firstly, he walked in humility. He, he walked humbly before God. He was a man of humility. And secondly, he kept a short account with God, meaning he was quick to repent. He didn't, he didn't run a tab when it came to forgiveness. He was quick to repent. And we, we essentially ended off the service by, by saying to us as a collective that in order for us to really walk in courage, we need to be known as men and women after God's own heart. The first step to unlocking this thing of, of walking in courage in our lives is really to, to embrace the fact that that. God desires for us to be men and women after his own heart. And it's only when we walk in humility, when we keep a short account with God, that we can have that freedom to do that. So, very possibly, you walked out of the message last week, and um, you were pumped. I was pumped. I'm honest. I was absolutely pumped. I, I walked out, and I was excited, and you know, the rest of the Sunday went really well and I was still super excited. And maybe you were in the same boat. Maybe you even got home on Sunday night and you had friends over or family and you told them all about it. And, and you were just, you were ecstatic, man. You just felt like, man, God's wanting to do something new and I'm on board and, you know, I, I'm going to walk in humility with him, not get hung up on me, but really focus on him. And, and I'm keeping a short account with him. I'm not going to let pride get in the way. And then you wake up Monday morning and you connect with God. And as you're brushing your teeth, you're like, Lord, I'm going to walk in humility. And I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm surrendered to you, putting on your tie if you unfortunately have to wear one. And as you're doing it, you're like, Lord, keeping a short account with you today. Ladies, you're putting your makeup on, hopefully not in the car. And as you're doing it, you're like, Lord, this is it. I'm going to be a woman after your own heart. You get in the car, you turn on the ignition and... The news comes on and there's just negative junk. Or you're on the motorcycle and as you're riding, all the lampposts are just speaking to you. You know what I'm talking about. All those little newspaper headlines that they have, none of them which are good. You're just reading them and it's like, oh, just this negative junk coming at you the whole time. And, and you just feel like these courage levels are just going... And, and maybe you're sitting on the car train and you pop open your favorite news app because we don't do newspapers anymore. It's just an app, you know, common word or phrase. There's an app for that, you know. Do you want a newspaper? No, thank you. There's an app for that. Uh, you go and you check out your, your favorite news app or, your, or social media or whatever. And, and whatever you're reading and whatever you're looking at, it's just negative junk coming at you. And by the time you get to the office, it doesn't matter what happened on Sunday. Like you walk into the office and there's just more negative junk coming from everyone else's bad days and weekends and week and, and what the government did or didn't say and, and, and what's happening around the world. And, and I mean, by the time, by the time you've hit Wednesday, like you start, like, is there a God? 
You know, like I'm just, I'm just so done with all this negativity and, and the courage levels have just dropped and, and I've just got angry and, and my humility's out the window because now I've raised myself up against the government and against the, 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 the people in Kazakhstan. I don't know if they've done anything recently, but maybe they did. I don't know. Um, but I've just like, I've raised myself up against everyone. Why? Because somewhere along the line, my eyes shifted from, my hope and the source of my courage where I should be walking in humility and where I should be keeping a short account with God, but I can't keep a short account with God for my own life when I'm keeping an extensively long account of everyone else's lives with God. And there's just this negativity that I'm just drenched in. And ultimately, this emotion of fear sets back in. And I live in this place of discouragement all over again. And it, it kind of feels like this doubt is rising in my heart. And it feels like I'm right back to square one where I was before I walked into church last Sunday. And I want to give you the good news. You're not. God's busy with his process in you. Don't lose heart. Be strong. Be courageous. And th there's a specific story in God's word where, where someone had experienced that sort of negative, negativity for about 40 years of their lives. His name was Joshua. And we all know it. Remember Joshua and the walls of Jericho, right? Now, Joshua was probably in his, in his 40s, early 40s, when he, when he was asked by Moses to be part of a scouting party of 12 to go into the land of Canaan, to go and check out Jericho, to go and see what, it, what the land that God has promised them is like. He said, hey, I've promised you this land. Go and take it. So Moses goes and says, we need 12 ninjas who will go in there, check it out, come back and tell us what it's like. And Joshua's one of these 12 spies. And they go in and they, they see the most incredible fruits. I mean, grapes the size of your head and junk like that. It's just incredible what they come across. And yeah, the guys were pretty big, but, but the, the, the land that they were about to take was absolutely phenomenal. And as they come back to their people, there's a split in the camp. Joshua and Caleb are the two men who are coming in and they're saying, guys, you must see what we saw. The most insane fruit, the most beautiful land, the most incredible stuff that God has in store for us. If we're honest, the guys were kind of big. We kind of felt like Frodo and Sam running around, you know. But I still reckon we can take them. Why? Because this is God's promise for us. And then the other 10, they experienced the same stuff. They saw all the same things. And where, where Joshua and Caleb saw opportunity, the 10 saw a threat. And they saw all the threats. And they like, we didn't feel like hobbits amongst those guys. We felt like grasshoppers. In fact, they looked at us as if we were grasshoppers. There's no way we can take this land. And ultimately, negativity prevailed. Negativity crept into the heart of man. 
and it prevailed and it stopped God's people from claiming his promise for their lives. And they wandered in the desert, in the wilderness for 40 years because they allowed negativity and doubt to be the catalyst for their lives. Fast forward 40 years, we catch up with Jonah, uh, not Jonah, he was in a fish. Um, we catch up with Joshua. We catch up with Joshua 40 years later in, in Joshua 1. And, and to kind of just give you a breakdown of Joshua 1 verses 1 through 6, God speaks to Joshua. Joshua goes and he meets with God and, and God speaks into the life of, of Joshua. And he says to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. And he looks at Joshua and he says, you now need to lead the people of Israel. And I, I reckon at that point, Joshua's ears kind of shot up and he really started paying attention. And Joshua connects with God. And God comes and he speaks to Joshua. And he says to Joshua, Joshua, you are about to enter into a new season. My people are about to enter into a new season. And, and as you enter into this new season, I'm going to renew my promise with you. But in order for you to, to step into this new season, in order for you to take hold of this renewed promise, you're going to have to be strong. You're going to have to be courageous. And I find it interesting that from verse 6 through to verse 9, God says to Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and courageous. Now, I couldn't help but ask myself the question, why would God say to him three times, hey, be strong, be courageous. You may be sitting there going, I've read the rest of the story. They go on to take on Jericho. I mean, it was huge. You'd need to really be strong and courageous to go and do that. I hear you, but in my mind, I'm going once would have been enough. You know, once, be strong, be courageous. The more I thought about it, it's like God just threw my mind back to 40 years of negativity. 40 years of we can't do this. 40 years of they too big. This is never going to happen. The odds are stacked against us. 40 years of criticism. You're not good enough. In fact, go and read Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Go read those books. God's not good enough. That's what was said. Doubting God, doubting his people, doubting his promise. 40 years of all this negative junk. Here we are, 40 years later. Now Joshua has to lead. And, 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 and what's still hanging thick in the air? This negativity, this criticism. There's no way we can do this. There's no way we can do this. There's no way this is going to happen for us. There's no way we can take this land. God looks at Joshua and he says, my boy, to get this done, you're going to have to be strong. You're going to have to be very courageous. 
And I mean it. That's why I'm telling you three times. Because faith has to rise in your own heart for you to believe it, for you to be able to lead it. You see, unfortunately, folks, if we're truth, if, if, if we're honest with ourselves, the truth is that negativity, we tend to hang on to it longer than what we do to positive things. Isn't it the truth? I know not you, but everyone else. And what God is really saying to Joshua in this moment is through this negativity, through this criticism, be strong and be courageous. So I always ask myself the question, why or how? I think we got the why. How? 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 How do we do this? Why? Because we need to grab hold of what God has promised for us. So how? How does he stay strong and courageous even though he's being bombarded with negativity? I believe the answer is found from verse 7 to 9. So Joshua 1 verses 7 says this. It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. Study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. As I read that, there's so much that, that God is talking about. That he's, he's saying, hey, you need to get stuck into my word. You need to get connected to my voice. You need to prioritize this in your life. And I believe that what God is really saying to Joshua in that moment is, He's saying, silence the voice of negativity by making my voice the loudest voice in your life. Can I repeat that? Silence the voice of negativity by making my voice the loudest voice in your life. And right there, God gives Joshua a blueprint of how to make God's voice the predominant voice in his life. We just read it. He says they'd be very strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. He, what he's saying is you, it's going to take strength. It's going to take courage to, to, to do some new stuff. It's going to take courage to cut some stuff, to prioritize other stuff. And part of that other stuff is, that I want you to study my word continually. Then he says, meditate on it day and night. That just means keep it at the forefront of your mind. Joshua, as you're going through your daily tasks, just keep my word forefront in your mind. Keep that internal dialogue going with me about what I've told you. Be careful to obey all 
my instructions. Don't deviate. Don't go left. Don't go right. Stick to it. Stick to my plan for your life. Then you'll be successful in everything that you do. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. And in that moment, you'll be able to be strong and you'll be able to be courageous. Why? Because you will know that the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. God gives him a blueprint. And we see as Joshua follows this and takes it to heart and makes it part of his life, we see Joshua go on to really save the nation of Israel out of slavery. Moses started the process, but, but, but we see that as Joshua honors God in these things and follows these things, he becomes probably one of the most successful leaders of, of Israel. So, for you and me, how does this translate into our lives? How do we take this and, and, and bring it home to you and to me? Uh, there's a guy by the name of Owen McManus, and he wrote a book called The Last Arrow. If you can get hold of it, please do. It's phenomenal. But in there, Owen McManus makes a statement, and he says, Fear is a choice. Fear is a choice. But so is faith. What are you going to choose? You see, folks, we'll always be faced with a choice between fear and faith. We'll always be faced with a choice of, am I going to be part of the 10? Am I going to be part of the two? And isn't it true? There's always more negative than what there is positive that we latch on to. Are we going to be part of the 10? We're going to be part of the two. I want to say this. Negativity and criticism will always come our way. It's part of life. We can't escape it. And I believe it's important to just say that not all criticism is negative. Not all criticism is bad. I've been through a lot of criticism in my life. And I found a lot of it to be very good. Kind of stings in the moment sometimes. But if I pay attention to it, it has the ability to change me. And when negativity comes our way, folks, don't run from it. Deal with it. Deal with it. If I can say this, hear it. As it comes your way, hear it. Analyze it. Work through it. Then falter it. Falter it through God's word. Falter it through his Holy Spirit. And then see what remains. And normally what remains belongs to me. Normally what remains is the stuff that I need to make stick to me. That I need to own. And then that I need to work on to the point where I change. Criticism will always have a motive. If it's a, a bad motive, if it's a, like a mean motive, then the truth be told... Its aim will be to destroy you, and it'll be very clear in the moment. But if the motivation of criticism is good, then it's probably one of the most loving things that someone can ever do for me. 
Why? Because they come up to me and say, Ramon, I love you, man. But your breath stinks, dude. Seriously. And I know this is going to affect your relationships in life. I highly recommend brushing your teeth. Like at least once a day. Try do twice. Maybe just in the beginning. Get rid of the stench. I can even advise you on like a toothbrush. I can even advise you on some toothpaste. I can go and Google like diagrams as to strokes and all that sort of stuff. But, but you need to pay attention to, to your breath because it's, it's holding you back in life. And even though that's humorous right now, isn't it the truth? How many areas of our lives stink? And, and, and possibly no one's just had the courage to tell us that. And then when they do come and tell us that, are we ready to accept it? And go, Lord, is this real for my life? Boom, this sticks. Okay, Lord, let me deal with it so that I can move forward in you. Now, facing bad or unjust, unjust negativity or criticism can cause us to lose heart. Isn't that the truth? Especially when we're facing something brand new in life. We, you're entering into a new job. You're entering into a new relationship, whatever the case may be. And then this criticism comes along and you're just like, ah, am I wasting my time? Should I be even getting into this? But I believe that when we are open to just what we said last week, walking in humility and keeping a short account with God, that in those moments of humility, we are able to filter through it and work through it and go, Lord, what belongs and what needs to go? Keep what needs to be dealt with and toss the rest. Don't let it find its seating place in your own heart. Here's what I want to really drive home this morning. What I believe God has on, on, on His heart for us this morning. And I've really been trying to figure out how to word this. But I believe that, that God's heart for you and God's heart for me in this message is this. I believe with all my heart that God is preparing us for a new season. Just as He spoke to Joshua and He said, Joshua... You're entering into a new season. I believe with all my heart that God is saying to you and he's saying to me, you are entering into a new season. Individually, as an, as an individual, as a person. But most definitely, I believe that for us as a ministry, for us as a church. That God is wanting to take us into a new season. And I believe that as he takes us into this new season, I believe that he has a renewed promise for us. I believe that he wants to come and, and renew his promise in our lives. I cannot wait for the end of February with our leaders members meeting. I've already got my message done for that day. Why? Because God dropped it in my heart early on in the year. And I just believe it speaks into that renewed promise for our lives. I'm so excited about it. Um, I shouldn't even have mentioned it now, but I'm exceptionally excited about it. I believe he has a renewed promise for you and for me.
And in order for us to be effective in this new season and in, in order for us to take hold of his renewed promise, folks, we need to, just like he said to Joshua, we need to be strong. We need to, we need to make strong moves. We need to be courageous in the way that we step out and trust him, believe him. I believe that we need to be courageous in shutting down the voice of negativity in our lives. I'm going to repeat that. We need to be courageous in shutting down the voice of negativity in our lives. What do you need to do in order to make that a reality? Can I be transparent this morning? I had to do that. All these, I, I had quite a bit of a whirlwind of voices of negativity coming my way. And I had to figure out what am I going to do with it? Am I going to listen to it and allow it to sit in my heart and ruin my day, ruin my year? Hold me back from what God is, has got in store and, and, and lined up and in plan for my life? Am I going to allow negativity and as a result, doubt settle in my life and, and hold me back? And I just realized that God really just sat me down one morning and just said, my boy, it's time to get rid of the voices of negativity in your life. Stop listening to it. Tune into my voice. Make sure that my voice is the predominant voice in your life. So I had to do some stuff. I got rid of Facebook. Just honest. And for anyone from Facebook who's listening, you're not evil, just the people on your platform. I'm kidding. I'm just joking. I'm joking. No, but seriously, I had to. You know, if it wasn't just outright hatred, it was flat-out racism. If it wasn't flat-out racism, it was just people exalting themselves and, and, and figuring how to use a platform to make themselves look good. When I'm like, Lord Jesus, I want you to be predominant in my life. I don't want to feel like I'm in some, some, some competition or some, uh, what do you call it, popularity contest or anything like that. Lord Jesus, I, I desire your will for my life, not for me to respond and react and, and do all sorts of junk so that I can look good. No. Lord, I want you to look good when people look at me. I want you to be seen. And I couldn't do that with that negativity coming my way. So guess what I had to do? Shut it down. So if you go onto my Facebook page, I had this really cool message planned out. I was going to be like, happy 2020, you know, and say, so see you then. Um, but then I just felt like God said to me, you don't know how long this is going to be. But I'm off that platform. Why? Because I'm serious about making God's voice the predominant voice in my life. What do you have to do? Maybe that's not your area. Maybe you need to stop watching the news. Maybe you need to lay down the newspaper or its app. What do you need to do? What do you need to lay aside? What do you need to say no to, to turn down the volume of negativity in your life? And, and, and how do you go about then pumping up the voice of God, the voice of truth, the voice of courage, in your life. I want to say this, folks. The devil during this time, the enemy of your soul will want to come and speak junk into your lives. And whether you like it or not, he uses people. 
And he uses all sorts of platforms. And the crazy thing about the voice of the enemy of my soul is that it's not void of truth. Hear me. That's not blasphemous. That's the truth. The enemy of your soul won't come to you with flat out lies. Because why? You'll see it a mile away. No, he'll come with enough truth that you believe it's legit. How can I say that? Ask Adam and Eve. Didn't he come with just enough truth to make them believe it's okay for me to chow this fruit? Consider Jesus in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. What did the devil tempt Jesus with? Scripture. He tempted Jesus with just enough truth to make it sound legit. But whenever it's the enemy of your soul speaking to you, the foundation, the base, the core of it is lies and deceit. Fact. The core of it is evil. And you may be going, Ramon, well, how do I discern between these? Well, Jesus said to us in John 10, 10, what did he say to us? He said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. My sheep know my voice. How do I get to know the voice of God? How do I make the voice of God the predominant voice in my life? How do I shut down the voice of negativity in my life and pump up the volume on the voice of courage in my life? I believe that God gave us a blueprint when he gave Joshua a blueprint. When he said to us, be strong and very courageous. Be strong and courageous. It's time for you to stand up and be strong. It's time for you to make moves that are courageous. Shut the things down that need to be shut down. Pump up the volume by meeting with me. Go study my word continually. Meditate on it. Keep it at the forefront of your life day and night. And be careful to obey my instructions. Don't go this way or that way. Stay on path. And it's only then, folks, that we start to have the truth of God revealed in our lives. His, his promise shown through our lives. The reality of Him seen clearly in our lives. And we start living lives that look like Jesus. And it's in those moments that we can be strong, that we can be courageous. Why? Because we can move and walk and speak knowing that God is with us wherever we go. When God's voice is the loudest voice in my life, He fills my heart with faith. That choice starts becoming easier and easier and easier. Fear or faith? Fear or faith? Fear or faith? And he fills my heart with faith time and time and time again as I choose him over and over and over again. And as he fills my heart with faith, I start to be able to act in strength. I start being able to act Encourage. Something phenomenal happens in the story of Joshua. You already know the end. 
But as Joshua does this, as Joshua applies this blueprint to his life, something phenomenal happens, and the worship team's welcome to come back. As he does this, something starts to unfold in him and wake up in him. And he starts to lead God's people with courage. And as a result, they start to walk in courage and strength. They start to walk in the faith and and put aside the fear, put aside the negativity. They turn down the volume of the negativity and they start to pump up the volume of the voice of courage in their lives. And as we read the, the, the end of this part, it's a, it's a couple of chapters later, we find, we find Joshua standing in front of the walls of Jericho. We, stand, we see him standing uh, in front of the thing that's separating him from God's promise for his life. We see these walls that are, that are holding him back from reaching where God intends for him to go. And we see him with a heart of faith and with a voice of courage shout down the things that hold him back from what God has in store for him. It's the most incredible picture in Scripture. I wonder where you at today? Where you at today? Do you need to raise that hallelujah? Do you need to raise that hallelujah? In the presence of your enemies, in the presence of the enemy of your soul, do you need to raise that hallelujah? Knowing that heaven is there to fight for you, do you need to raise that hallelujah? Even in the midst of your own circumstances that you face right now, do you need to raise that hallelujah? Do you need to stare those walls dead in the eye and say, no longer will I listen to the negativity and the stuff that stops me from from possessing what God has in store for my life. I'm not going to be held back by any walls anymore. It doesn't matter how high, it doesn't matter how wide. I recognize God's heart for me. I recognize that His voice of truth is what I am going to make prominent in my life. I'm done with the negativity. That radio is going down. And the voice of courage is going to raise in my heart. And maybe today, maybe today you need to look at those walls. Maybe today you need to make a couple of decisions and just say, Lord, I'm done with the negativity. I'm getting rid of, and then you name the thing. Getting rid of it, not listening to it anymore. Because I want to tune into your heart, Lord. I want to get on the same frequency as you. I want to pump up the volume of your voice of courage in my life. And this morning, I choose to shout down the walls of the things that hold me back from your promise for my life. Maybe that's you today. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. I want to give you that opportunity. We sang the song earlier, so by now, you'd have a bit of an idea as to the lyrics of it. But it's very simple, and there's certain lines that you can just repeat over and over. And maybe you don't even want to sing the words. You just want to speak to God while the, while the music's playing. Maybe you need to speak to your circumstance. Maybe you need to speak to the walls and shout them down and ara- allow faith to arise within your own heart. As today, we take hold of the destiny that God has in store for us. Amen. Amen. So, 
What's our step of courage this morning? Let's get to our feet. Let's turn down the voice of negativity. Let's pump up the volume of the voice of courage in our lives. Let's shut down these walls. Amen. We raise a hallelujah to you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that death is defeated and that the King is alive, Lord. Father God, that that is where we can shift our focus, Father. Lord, I thank you to the reality of who you are, Lord. Lord, not some pipe dream, not some figment of our imagination, Lord. But Father God, to a great, glorious and risen King, alive and well in our lives today, Lord. Alive and well in our circumstances today, Lord. Alive and well with a voice to speak and to speak into our lives, to speak into our circumstances. Lord, to speak your truth, your life, Lord. Father God, I thank you that you are the creator and that just as in the beginning of time, you spoke this earth into creation, Lord. You've not stopped creating with your voice, Lord, but that in our lives today, Lord, you continue speaking your creation alive and well in our lives, Lord. Father God, I thank you that you give us the courage this week, Lord, to take those steps of courage, Lord, to be strong and very courageous, Lord, to shut down the voice of negativity in our lives, Lord. But Father God, to tune our ear in and to pump up the volume of the voice of courage in our lives today, tomorrow, the next day. Father God, that we stay connected to your frequency, Lord. Lord, as we meet with you daily, Lord, prioritize you daily, Lord. Lord, this is not about hype. This is not about us trying to pump something up, Lord. Father God, I am excited about what you want to come and do in our lives, Lord. Father God, I thank you that today walls were shouted down, Lord. Lord, that today walls came down, prohibiting people to really grasp what you have in store for them, Father. Lord, I thank you that this morning you came and brought breakthrough where there hasn't been breakthrough for years, Father. Whether it's in business or relationship, Father God. Lord, I thank you that you've come and done what only you can do, Lord. Lord, I thank you that as your men and women leave today, Lord. Lord, again, I thank you that we don't leave the church, but I thank you that we leave as the church. Lord, that we do not leave this holy little place, Lord, but that we carry your holiness with us as we go out into the world, Father God. Lord, I thank you that we can go out there and love people the way that you asked us to love people, to show them your love, your life your light, Lord. Use us as catalysts of change, Lord, to shut down the negativity, Lord, and to speak your truth into dark places, Lord. Lord, to you be all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, and all God's people says, amen. Amen. Have a wonderful week. We love you.